Hello and welcome to a BGSM podcast about physical activity and cancer. I'm Katie Marino and I'm very lucky to be joined by Dr. Rebecca Robinson, a sports and exercise medicine consultant based in Sheffield, who's done quite a lot of work on physical activity and cancer. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for inviting me, Katie. Um, To give the listeners a bit of an overview about what we're going to be covering in this podcast, we're going to discuss the evidence behind how physical activity can help prevent cancer, how it can be utilised in patients that are going through the terrible time of diagnosis and treatment of cancer, and how it can be utilised in patients that are cancer survivors. So a lot of interesting information that we're going to cover in the length of this podcast. So first of all, Dr Robinson, can you just give the listeners a brief overview of your involvement in research and the promotion of physical activity in cancer? Yes, for sure. So I came into sports and exercise medicine with dual interests, really. Part of that being in terms of sports medicine, working with elite athletes, but a really big part of that was a drive to look at exercise medicine and what physical activity can do, because it does appear that being more physically active, being fit, can really help in the management of a lot of diseases, and cancer is certainly one of those. So I have actually been working in Sheffield in the teaching hospitals um, funded by Western Park Hospital Charity for the last couple of years. This has been a fantastic opportunity to actually go back into clinical oncology, which I hadn't touched since I was a junior doctor. And parallel to that, we were looking at research, qualitative research, really with the health professionals. So that was the consultants, the nurse specialists, also the allied health professionals and saying, well, actually, is it just sports and exercise medicine or do the specialists in oncology also think that physical activity is a good idea? Really the short answer is yes and the problem with it is it's just not embedded in the NHS in our culture. But far, far bigger pieces of work have been going on well even in the short time that I've been doing this. So exercise oncology as an entity from the research side to the clinical side has really exploded worldwide. Um, So it's quite big in the States, there's quite a lot going on in Australia and Copenhagen and also in the UK, which is really great. And then last year I was working on a project called Moving Medicine, which was a faculty of sport and exercise medicine based programme, which was supported by Sport England and Public Health England. And really we were looking at nine disease strands. I was working with a great group on um, the oncology strand. And what we were saying was, how do we bring this movement, this physical activity that we know is so important into reality for busy health professionals to discuss with their patients and for patients to make that part of their life? Okay, let's get uh, started into the questions. So can you explain to the listeners what we know about if physical activity can reduce your risk of getting cancer? So we certainly think that being physically active is one of those lifestyle factors that can have an important preventative effect. We don't quite know how. We think some of these mechanisms are looking at anti-inflammatory mechanisms in the body, which physical activity does generate and deliver. We think that improving body composition for certain cancers where adiposity might be a driving factor can improve and reduce risk. And for some cancers like colorectal cancer, we think that aspects such as gut transit time can be improved by being more active. 
And I think it really does need to be said that for an awful lot of cancers we don't know, and for some we know that actually there are very strong genetic factors, there are other factors at play that we really don't as yet as a medical community understand, but we still hope that actually physical activity maintaining that can give people a better chance perhaps not to develop a cancer, but actually keeping them more robust and resilient during and after treatment if they require it, that's where it's still a really important aspect. I think you covered it there regarding whether we know any information on the pathways of how cancer can help, um, sorry, physical activity can help these patients. There is so much that we don't know, which is fascinating. Almost the more that the exercise physiologists and my research colleagues who do this all the time, I mean, I've done a very small amount of research, but when you work with the academics, it's so important that we understand that we know so little. And it's fascinating, really, because there is this breadth of knowledge now. There is an overwhelming amount of studies that have been done, which really geared towards the fact that we really should be helping patients become more active because there seem to be so many benefits but actually the quality in the depth of that research is still quite shallow so every time we sort of say oh yes we should ought to be pushing for physical activity to help with quality of life or we'll come on to those aspects too as well or we'll talk about anything like recurrence we are often reminded by some excellent research um, colleagues that we actually need to vigorously research here and we need to have an evidence base so it's balancing the two but what is exciting is that trajectory of research, all that we're learning, even looking at the 100,000 Genome Project, there'll be so many aspects that we can accelerate some of that learning. So it's a really exciting time, but there are a lot of unknowns. Okay. So can we cover the benefits of physical activity for cancer patients that have recently been diagnosed, that are actively going through treatment? So even at the time of diagnosis, it can be really important to help patients to become as active as they can. There is a really interesting study by Macmillan at the moment looking at prehabilitation. This is driven from some experts in Southampton, Mike Brocott and also June Davies, who's an allied health professional lead. And this is looking at how well can we get people before surgery to optimise their surgical outcomes, so reducing risk that way, how fit can we get people, what will this mean in terms, in some aspects of the project, of improving that function and they may be more well when they've had surgery, they may be able to tolerate the next treatment that they need better. So this is something that's happening nationally with Macmillan. There are also quite a lot of areas that are branching off from this, so looking at, for example, health in diseases where I work in a clinic in lung cancer, if we can improve people's respiratory capacity, does that help them to tolerate treatment? Is the breathlessness deconditioning? Is it disease? Or can we actually improve their fitness? There is little known during chemotherapy. There have definitely been some studies that seem to say that patients who are more active can tolerate their chemotherapy better. I think there's certainly scope to say if we can keep people's muscle mass up, if we can keep them resilient and physical activity can help with that, we can certainly help to keep them more well during chemotherapy, which is still a pretty arduous treatment. And looking into active cancer, it can be really difficult because it tends to be a really catabolic state. So we've got people who are losing muscle mass 
and they can also be losing fat mass. And sometimes it's not as important to focus maybe on just maintaining the lean mass, it's keeping them strong altogether. But sometimes actually that drive to get them a bit more active, keeping that muscle, maybe that stimulates their appetite a little bit, keeping them mobile is really positive. And I think we can't underplay how much mentally um, physical activity helps. I was listening to a really excellent podcast the other week, which you may have heard of called You, Me and the Big C. Yes. And they focus with some really excellent colleagues specifically on exercise. And what was just so heartening to hear was how the quality of life and how sometimes it can be something that the patient can do for themselves, something that they can actually do with their family and for pleasure again, that can really help to motivate them. So very happy to advocate it that way. And then again, looking at the other side of rehabilitation, all about trying to restore function. And I think that goes from young people with cancer who may have had curative treatment, but they may have had treatment that has changed their lives in many ways. Or we may be looking at people who have, are having palliative care, but that palliative care now might be for a year, it might be for much longer. So keeping that quality of life, keeping them as active as they want to be and doing what they want to do. So you touched on there the mus muscle mass is quite an important aspect to this. With that in mind, are there any specific types of physical activity we should be advocating? I think looking at both aerobic and also resistance activity, they're both important components. Sometimes it can be important for patients to be really quite strongly guided if they're going to try and do things like lifting weights for example for example if you've got someone who's had breast cancer and is at risk of developing lymphedema we need to start really low go slowly and build up with resistance exercise but that is a really great example of a condition where actually people were told not to use affected arm and a lady called um, Dr Catherine Schmitz who is the current um, president of the ACSM um, did a very great piece of research which actually changed the guidelines in lymphedema and said actually these ladies should be using their arms. We may need to use compression sleeves, we need to be mindful of slow progression, but looking at that arm volumes, looking at the complications, all those risks were reduced and now we advocate it. Again, if someone's had a treatment that might be cardiotoxic, we might need to assess has there been significant damage, where do we start? and how slowly we build up that exercise. So it's all quite individualised, but I think the message is that we need to be aiming for at least the current guidance of 150 minutes a week, but maybe quite a lot more. So what about the group of patients that have survived cancer? Is there anything specific that we should be advising that group? I think trying to get that group really as fit as we can should be the aim. We know that one of the big effects of cancer is fatigue and that can really linger on. So it can be quite debilitating during active treatment, but then long after the patient quite expects to be feeling better, they can have this really quite debilitating fatigue that again, we don't really know the full cause of. What's really interesting about that is a study that came out a couple of years ago did show that in a randomized control trial against either medication or psychological therapies, physical activity actually won out as one of the best treatment. So then again, graded physical activity, the same as we might do in chronic fatigue, looks to have a very strong place. I think one of the really unfair things about a lot of cancers is that even with successful treatment, people are at much higher risk of other diseases. So the risk of metabolic disease skyrockets 
for women who've survived breast cancer, they have a hugely increased risk of heart disease. So actually, it's really not fair, but it's a good reason to focus on some of these lifestyle aspects that physical activity can modulate. So actually, if we're getting someone through treatment and we're looking towards curative treatment or putting them into remission, it's really not enough. We need to make sure that we're taking them on that journey and that they can go back to a physical activity they previously enjoyed, or if they weren't doing that regularly before, that does become part of their lifestyle. Okay, and you mentioned there the chronic diseases that they're more at risk of, mm. um, and we chatted earlier that physical activity can lower your risk of getting certain cancers. So is there any evidence behind patients that have had cancer, if they are physically active, does it reduce their risk of recurrence at all? That's another area that you probably get um, used to me saying it, that we don't entirely know. So we haven't got enough evidence to say on a lot of the cancers that it reduces the risk of um, recurrence. There is a really good paper that does say that in breast cancer it is likely, um, it's a great researcher down at Wolverhampton called Ian Lehart and his paper um, expands some of the detail there, but again the bottom line is that we really need to get that evidence base higher because we want to tell people that physical activity is good for the many things we know it's good for from sleep to fatigue to cardiorespiratory capacity and improving immune function but we've just got to be careful that we know exactly what it can do and also cancer being many diseases so there are very different tumour groups so we may be looking at some cancers where it does significantly improve recurrence and somewhere where maybe it doesn't but has other benefits. So again, I think the next few years will be a really interesting time that we can start to deliver that with a bit more precision. Okay. Is there any cautions? Is there anything that, uh, you know, if a GP is giving a patient some advice, is there anything that they should warn them, uh, specifically in cancer patients that are going to be getting physically active? Yeah, I think it's wise to be aware of the areas that are risk. There was a nice paper by um, Santamina that was out last year, and that really didn't pick up on too many reasons to be stopping physical activity. But some of the reasons that that paper picked up and that I'd be mindful of are, for example, if someone has a really low blood count, so if their neutropenics or their white cell counts really low, we need to be more more careful around infection. Now, I know some colleagues have said, well, actually, if people are really mindful of hand hygiene and just being away from really crowded spaces where other people may be ill, actually, the benefits of physical activity on the immune system, as long as it's not done to extreme, then those would outweigh the risks, so it's better than being sedentary. I think if people are very anemic, they're going to struggle, and actually that's something where their oncologist would pr probably pick that up and want to treat them in the first place. If people have got new disease, so if people have got, for example, brain metastases and they have um, issues around cognition that have changed, or if they're having issues, for example, around fitting that have changed, we need to be making sure that those people are safe and not doing activities where that would be a specific risk. And also with bone health, if people have got um, bone disease, then we might need to be careful about the activities that they're doing. I think it needs to be said that in general and completely understandably, a lot of people with a diagnosis of cancer are very, very concerned and they will have their pain they know about in their cancer. But sometimes in physical activity, as you'll know, we do incurs knocks and bruises, that kind of thing. But just being able to reassure patients or perhaps have someone they can see 
and reassure them or investigate if we're concerned that maybe this pain doesn't quite fit with the activity they've been doing or no actually this is okay and feeling a bit more out of breath is more because they're deconditioned than the cancer there are lots of other things for example some treatments may be those that cause tendinopathies and people may then struggle to do the activity they've chosen so i think my bottom line is that actually we can just help most people to go and be active and enjoy it hopefully if a critical mass of people become active we'll have enough in terms of sports and exercise medicine specifically on the exercise medicine side that we may say actually we need to have a clinic to see some of these people that are struggling but that will be the minority but hopefully we'll have so many active people that actually will maybe need to have that clinic hopefully um, some great advice there lastly just to sort of summarize the podcast um for the listeners what are the three most important take-home messages i think the bottom line is that people with cancer and people affected by cancer need to be active from a medical perspective but i think far more i see in my practice they need to be active they're telling me this i'm not telling them so i think building activity into lifestyle is important it's not always important to go straight back and um, complete an Ironman or a stage of the um, Tour de France both of which um, a couple of my patients who've had previous cancer have gone on and done but actually for some people it might be just getting back out to the park with the dog and I think regardless of age having those small goals doing them with family is really important and was that, did you ask for three? I'll take that, I'll take that, that's absolutely fine. Um, so thank you very much, that's the end of the podcast. Thanks to the listeners very much for uh, tuning in. Uh, I learned a lot from that, so I'm sure you did as well. We'll put some links in the blurb of this podcast, including a link to the Moving Medicine website, so if you are interested in learning more about the topic, go and check those out. And also, while you're on the BJSM channel, do go and have a listen to some of the podcasts on there. Thank you for tuning in. Bye.